0: Hello and welcome to Parently, where we tap into the unique experiences and perspectives of parents to celebrate the joys and honor the challenges of child-rearing. With new interviews each week, this is a podcast for moms and dads seeking an empowering community and a little levity. Now here's your host, Kelsey Higgins. Hello and welcome to
1: Here, Mom Panel. I have gathered four of the coolest moms around under the guise of a ladies' night. And once they all agreed, I told them we would be recording a podcast. And each of the lovely ladies obliged, which I'm so excited about. So kick things off here. We will start with a brief intro. I would like each of you to introduce yourself with your name, your kid's status, your occupation, and your favorite hobby. I know. Who has time for a hobby as a mom? And po, kick us off. Hi, my name is Emily. I am a mom of three girls. They are six,
2: five, and three. They just changed their ages. Um, I'm a teacher, and so my hobby during the summer right now is working out because I can actually do it. Oh, you're so good at
3: life. I try. I'm Sarah. I have an almost 5-year-old, almost 3-year-old, and a 16-month-old. I'm an attorney, and my hobby is gardening. Mm. some good veggies going. Very
0: mom-like. Yep. <laughs> um, my name is Killian. Uh, I have a 3-year-old a four-month-old. My occupation is a financial reporter and internal controls, I guess, and uh, Sexy. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> not gonna commit fraud, uh, and uh, my hobby is hiking. I
4: am Anne-Marie, and I have a son who is gonna be two in September. I am also a teacher, and I feel like Lately, my hobby is golfing.
1: Ooh, that's a good I'm one. Golfing mm-hmm. a couple times. Someone recently asked me what my hobby was, and I was like, isn't being a mom and a wife and a friend and working, like, enough, do we really have to have hobbies? So I'm impressed that you guys all said you had hobbies. That's impressive. I guess this is my hobby, mm-hmm. podcasting. Totally. So. Anywho, let me explain what's going to happen here, Ladies. I have compiled 20 questions on my screen here. We are going to go around the circle in the same order. So Emily's going to kick us off. She's going to pick a random number, maybe a lucky number, whatever comes to mind. And I'm going to read the corresponding question. Emily has two options. She can answer that question or Each of you have one pass where you can pass the question on to another panel participant. (laughs) One pass per podcast. Any questions? Nope. Are you ready? Yes, we are ready. Let's do this. Emily, what is your number? And no peeking, because you can kind of see. You think I have that good a vision that I can read those? Okay, no peeking.
2: Um, Obviously, my favorite number is not 1 through 20, so I'm going to have to go with lucky number
1: seven. Number seven. The topic of this is heart eyes. What is your favorite part of being a mom? Oh. um,
2: The favorite part for me of being a mom, lately, is I see some of my good qualities that i think i have which aren't money i have a lot of things i need to work on okay you're sorry uh, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> sometimes i see my kids like doing what i teach them and it just makes me so happy um they, they're really becoming my mini-me's and it's kind of creepy they're with me all summer that's why but i think just them opening up recently and checking in on each other and saying it was an accident are you okay
1: and giving each other a hug that is so sweet so cute do we all love that answer yes good answer yeah okay sarah you're up number five number five this is titled what is shoulda coulda what is something you wish you knew before having kids there's a lot yeah (laughs) it's
3: a lot to unpack yeah um take your time this is a heavy one I think the sleep stuff is like a whole situation and there's not really a good way to prepare for it like the lack
4: of
1: sleep
3: lack of sleep and then like the amount of effort that it takes a tiny to teach a tiny human how to sleep Mm -hmm. and how to have good sleeping habits and and that that really lasts beyond just the newborn four month. there are multiple regressions along the way and there are multiple stages and that other things in life can impact sleep and how much all of that really affects your day-to-day life. So Totally. Um, I think that the ultimate advice though, which isn't really very helpful for anybody, is that you have to do what works for you. Yes. And that will require trying about a million different things until you find that one thing.
1: What worked for you for sleeping or are you still working on it?
3: Oh, we're always working on it but I think it's interesting that between the three kids it's been different and so really like each kid is different each kid is different so uh-huh. you kind of have to start over but at least after doing it once you know like you know, the five things to try but We're definitely like there's a whole process around sleep, and I think the number one thing that I would recommend is stay consistent in a habit. So good advice. Brushing books, you know the sound machines in our house work well. Um, and then just trying to keep the good nights brief. Mm. Otherwise, they want to come to our bed, and that's always routine. Yeah,
1: it's so funny. You're right. Every kid is different because. This is going to sound really weird, but Andy and I want nothing more than for August to nap with us. Like, we try to take Aww. family naps, and it will not happen. <laughs> it won't happen. Like, we want him to sleep in our bed, and he will not do it. He sleeps in his crib on his own with his passy, with his sound machine. He wants us out of the room. He says no
3: night. He doesn't want anything to do with us. So it's kind of funny. Flip side, right? I mean, It'll sw- Yeah. So, like... Yeah, our kids have all been fairly independent sleepers until they hit the two-year mark. Oh no! And then when we transitioned into the toddler bed and they realized that they could get out of it. That's what I've heard. It's been a little bit, um, touch and go. But, um, Calvin, who is nearly five now, is very proud of the fact that he sleeps in his bed all night. Oh, it's so amazing. there's another side of it, yeah. Love it.
1: Good answer! Killian, you're up. I want to do 15. Fifteen. This is called 5, 10, 20. Oh, goodness. Where do you see yourself in 5, 10, and 20 years? This is, oh, like, the first date awesome. question that everyone gets on reality TV shows.
0: Or job interviews. Or job interviews. Yeah. That's
1: true. Yeah. That uh, is true. Goodness.
0: Um, I'm 34, so in five years I'll be 39. Uh, I hope that by then I have children who are interested in activities and it's going to pain me if they're not interested in the activities that I want them to be interested in. Ooh, aggressive. (laughs) Like what? Hiking? Well, hiking is one, but swimming. And then also like running, like if they, if they're going to be into like Sports of balls? I'm not going to, like, be good at that. I'm not a coordinated okay, person. Okay, you're talking
1: about all athletics. What if they're into, like, chess or musical theater
0: or <laughs> show choir? I'm cringing. Um, Chess I'd be into, I guess. Show choir. Instruments are kind of... I ha- I hated playing instruments with an undying passion of a thousand burning suns. Hated it. And my parents forced me to do music, so... How can I say that I would be against them doing it if I hated it so much? So I, I, I have said that to my mom. She always said, you'll regret quitting piano that I allowed you to do it. And I called her 10 years later and said, didn't regret it once. And I wanted to let you know. Oh
1: my, look at you sassafras.
0: No, I, I wanted her to know. really calls you in 10 years and tells you. <laughs> yeah that that she was right if if they're that passionate about it I should listen to them because I remember having to write a persuasive argument to my mom on why I got to quit piano and if we wanted to do anything persuasive in my household we had to write persuasive arguments once a year on a topic for any changing thing and then my parents said you can't talk about it until the next persuasive time period like which was like one year from then Or unless something changed it, right? Genius of my parents, right? So how can I deny their passions? But in five years, I hope that they want to be in something that is fun to watch. Um, In ten years, I hope that they hone those skills. And they're, you know, I'm a parent that has somewhat independent
1: children. Okay, let's talk about how old will they be in ten years?
0: Uh, Millie will be 13. And Anderson will be 10 and... Months or it's uh, four months. This four is concerning
1: months. that yeah. you're the financial controller
0: and you can't do the ten-year math. um Calculators and, <laughs> <laughs> and I actually don't do numbers at all. People think when you're an accountant you do a lot of numbers. Yeah, not in my branch. Not so much. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, we got five, ten. What yeah. about the twenty?
0: Uh, oh, oh, is it oh five, ten, and twenty?
1: Yeah, five, ten, twenty.
0: Um, Really, I think the goal in life as a parent is to have children that can be independent from you as a family and who are contributors of society, right? I actually, this is so funny that I don't know why this pops in my head and I was actually thinking about it today. There was years ago where you and I went on a camping trip with actually Emily and Anne Marie who are part of this and I said, I don't know if I want children.
1: Okay, Emily and Anne-Marie and I are looking at each other like, what camping trip? We didn't go on this.
0: I'm pretty sure we all did. Duluth for the marathon. Duluth for the marathon. Uh, Oh, that camping? We were in a dorm. No, we camped the night before, the first time we all did it. uh, Oh, yes. Yeah. And I said, I don't know if I want children. And it was just because I, you know, there, there was a slew of reasons why, and I thought that maybe society was headed in a way that made me really nervous. And I remember you, Kelsey, saying, Killian, you and Nick, and I actually don't know if I was married yet or not to Nick, but it was very clear in the cards that we were going to get married. And you're like, Killian, you guys are going to be the type of parents that will probably raise really, like, decent human beings, at least not jerks. That probably will contribute to society. And I remember thinking, all right, if I'm going to have kids, I want them to contribute to society. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my goal. I hope that they're doing something valuable in their life. I want them to be kind people to other people. And to do that, I think it's going to be something that I'm going to have to be active at. I think all parents have to be. You know, you want to raise a kind person. I don't necessarily care what success means from monetary or whatever, but... I want them to be kind people in the world who think of others, and that would be that. a really, really wonderful thing in my eyes.
1: And for the record, I was not running the marathon. I was drinking Bloody Marys, watching
0: you <sighs> all run the marathon. I wasn't running the marathon that, that you year. You didn't either. run that year. No, you and I got to you and I went to Pizza Pizza Luce and we drank.
1: <laughs> so basically, the same thing yes. as running a marathon,
2: yeah. and only Omaha ran the marathon. You didn't run that. Marathon. I did the
1: half marathon. Oh, oh. that's embarrassing, Emily. Only a half marathon. Yikes. Okay, Ra, your turn. Also, I call Anne Marie Ra. It is a long story. You don't need to know, but if you hear me say Ra, that's who I'm
4: referring to. Anne Marie, you're up. Emily also just called me Omaha. I have oh, yes, many Omaha. Yikes, 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 You're right. I'm going to go with number one. It's got to be the easiest. Number one.
1: <laughs> this is entitled Working 9 to 5. How do you balance your career and life?
4: Um, I feel like I had kids at a good time. I feel like if I had been very early in teaching, that would have been very hard. I'm really glad Mm. that I had three to four years, four years under my belt. So I had a little bit... um, better ways of planning ahead and because right away it was um a lot of planning in the evenings a lot of grading in the evenings um so I feel like having a couple years under my belt was very helpful um but I would say that having a child really did change a lot of the work I do at home um I do try to get more done during the day I also um Feel like I do more on weekends and try and do nights with my son. Um, but you do it, more work on weekends for sure, okay. especially like because um, you
1: only get a couple of hours with your kid every day. Yeah, right.
4: Yeah. Um, especially with like the paperwork piece that a lot of that gets pushed to the weekends. But um, I'm also very blessed to work in a school that's very family oriented, so I feel like there's a lot of understanding with like having to take off for appointments or if you have a sick kid um, they're very good about giving you that time so I feel very lucky there but it is a challenge and I feel like that's one of the things that um, most moms struggle with is feeling like you're not doing enough at work and then not doing enough at home when you're doing work. So it's definitely a challenge, but
1: Amen to that. You can't you can't do hundred percent everywhere. There's just there's not enough person. Right. Agreed. Good answer. Good yeah. answer. We have rounded the curve and we're back to numero uno. Emily, what's your number? Seventeen. 17, this is called yay or nay. This should be easy. Mommy and me outfits.
2: Oh, nay for me, but yay for so many other people. I'm awkward. I'm kind of tall. Um, <laughs> I'm not that tall. But <laughs> but I like, Where are you
3: going with this? No, no, I think you always see these, like, super
2: cute mommy and me outfits, and there are these girls who are, like, five foot five, and they're wearing, like, rompers, and they match their kids. And then if I tried to pull that off, It looks like I'm wearing a bathing suit because it's too high (laughs) up on me, and I'm not. I'm more conservative (laughs) in
1: my fashion.
2: Have you ever
1: tried a mommy me outfit?
2: When they were really little, yes, but it was just a t-shirt because I'm not going to do the whole shebang because then I look ridiculous. Um, And I have guilt because I have three children, and they are three girls, and I love them, but I also don't want to be like, Oh my gosh, Haley, you're three. Look at this cute mommy and me outfit. Now, Brenna and Aubrey, sorry, you don't get to participate because I'm not going to spend $50 for you two. Good
1: point. Do you match your girls?
2: You think I'm that organized? Um, At Christmas you do. It's actually easier. It is sometimes. Um, Haley and I I right now. Yeah? Yeah, Haley and I match a lot. We have our um, cheetah outfits we wear. And so we both have cheetah dresses. And so if I ever wear the cheetah dress, she has to go get hers. And then the other older girls don't really care at all. I tried to have them match. Um, They're actually the same size sometimes. So it's tricky because then they argue over whose is whose. So they have very different styles. So if you just had one kid, I would definitely say yay. But I have three girls, and that's a lot of coordination. Sorry for snapping the pen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to say
1: nay for me personally, but I
2: don't judge people who do it I think it's super cute I just can't do it myself
1: one of my favorite sayings that I heard from actually someone that I I listened to her podcast and one of my favorite things that she says is not for me good for you I love that like anything that's not for you like yeah that's not for me but good for you I'm glad you enjoy that
3: yeah yeah yeah
1: not for me good for you it is, exactly.
2: And I think if I had boys, maybe it would be different. I'd be like, oh, then we could totally match, but no.
1: You would match your son. You would do a mommy and me I and think you up. can make it match. I think we could totally do it, but then my husband would Because totally. you can wear, like, cargo shorts or what? <laughs> no, I
2: would definitely not wear cargo shorts. I went to all private schools. I'd be like, oh, you're wearing nice khakis, and I can wear it, like, we can make it work. But, um, I don't know if you guys, my husband is against fashion,
1: he has had the same clothes
3: <laughs> true. for twenty years. That's
1: a strong stance. Like that's like saying, I don't like
3: music. My no, but seriously. He's pro croc. Ky-
1: pro croc! <laughs> we have pro crocs in the house. I no.
0: love crocs. I
1: no. hate it. I hate it. I'm am open-minded, but I cannot get my mind around with crocs. Yeah. They're amazing. No, I just Kelsey. know. You have to repeat your mantra. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Not for me. Good for Good. you. Good.
1: Kala, okay, crocs are not for me. Good for you two. Yeah, and your disgusting
0: feet. (laughs) And I should say, Anne-Marie and Killian are pro-croc. In fact, we the same exact pair and color.
1: Have you guys seen those little things that you put on them now? The charms.
0: For little kids, they're cute. Okay, for little kids. Are are
1: Are we yay or nay for those? For little kids, yay. Adults. Adults with charms. No! No, not adult. They're called gibbets. Are you serious? Is that a made-up term? No, I think they're called gibbets. They're
0: oh, called something the, bits. Oh, really? Because on on Amazon, they're called uh, Croc charms. Well, obviously, that's a
2: knockoff one. That is the knockoff.
0: Yeah.
2: sure. Amazon. Okay,
1: but shout-out to the Crocs marketing team. How can we get people to spend more money on plastic shoes? Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. add charms. Yeah. yeah. That mm-hmm. was pretty smart. Yeah.
2: However, I don't think they're technically pla- all the way plastic, because you have the oh, nice shoes. Oh, God! Okay, go you ahead. You have brothies. But I was going to say, for cracks. as a teacher, I actually have one pair of cracks, and I'm kind of embarrassed, but I love them. They're Mary Janes. And they're super cute and comfy. They don't have the holes in
1: them. Good for you. Wait, not for me. Good for you. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: but back to my question, I would love to do a family, like, where we look so cute, we all match the same, but my husband... I love you dearly, but he wears clothes that he wore in high school still. So, mm. um, so that would never work because he would be like, "You spent how much money
3: on a pair of pants for me? You need to return these right away." It's actually really hard, I found, to do like the coordination around family photos. Like figuring out how to match people without actually matching them yeah. is really challenging and not and, that fun.
2: And we've like, done
1: one. One family photo where I feel like I succeeded. Like, they're kind of cute. I don't think I ever shared them because obviously I don't share my son on social media. That's a whole other thing. But I thought I did a pretty good job, but it took took time. It took time figuring out the outfits. So, like, people who do it a lot,
0: I don't Mm. know. I would suggest it. um, Buy the matching PJs and do one family photo that way. And then who cares if the rest are matching or not, right? If you go to a professional, they do three different sets, right? You have a cute outfit, whatever dressy this or whatever, but then high matching pajamas that's easy. Go to Anderson or whatever, Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. or just
2: Old Navy, they have so many, and then oh, match also. your Christmas card under the Christmas tree. Exactly. Oh my gosh, job. it's like
1: you guys saw our Christmas card this year, that's what we did matching yeah. PJs. And uh, this is probably, you know, I don't know, who knows what's going to happen in our future, but I also. I bought smaller sizes for the future and bigger sizes because you never know. Like, (laughs) definitely this next year, we're going to have, you know, the same jammies on with August a year older. So I already have those figured out. Mm -hmm. I only bought one pair for my husband and I. I don't know. That's a good,
0: that is a great piece of advice, Killian. Mm -hmm. Good thinking. I really love that card. She's like, Augie wore matching pajamas with Kelsey and Andy. And that was a, that was an antidote for a good solid month in our household. <laughs> good COVID conversation.
1: Emily, is there anything else you want to add? Go if ahead. you do it, do it. If you
3: don't do it, don't feel judged.
0: Love you do it. you.
1: You do you, girlfriend.
0: Sarah,
3: you're up. I will do number 19. 19. This is called Whip. Are we into minivans? Oh, God. <laughs> I was tricked into a minivan. I was tricked. tricked. So I used to drive a Subaru Forester, which that, so predating that, I drove a Volkswagen Beetle, which I loved, but um, car seat was not going to fit in the back of that, so I ended up with the Subaru. Fine with that. Then baby number two comes along, and my husband's like, oh, no, we just really need that minivan. And um, he was driving a truck at the time that he loved. I was like, ah, you know, maybe, you know, yeah, it it makes sense. But I was really having heartburn about driving a minivan because I work downtown Minneapolis. Parking spaces are tight. I was thinking, like, this is not practical. Um, And so he did the sacrifice, got rid of his truck, drove the minivan for two years, does all the drop off and pick up. Um, and then baby number three comes around and it's like, oh, well, we can't fit three car seats across the back of that Subaru. Maybe we should upgrade to, um, a forerunner that would fit all the seats. But magically (laughs) during COVID, um, I work from home now remotely and he, you know, my husband's still going into work and takes the kids into their daycare. And so, you know, he just thought we should really... Get the maintenance and the free miles and everything on the Forerunner because, for I don't know, like the first ten thousand miles or something, you got free oil changes. And, you mean the Forester? Or no, the forerunner. Oh, forerunner. And so, um, so we got rid of my Forester, have this Forerunner, and now magically he's driving the Forerunner, and I'm stuck with minivan. And I did drive it into my office, and I did scrape the side. So now we joke that it has tiger stripes because uh, it's too tight in the parking ramp. But you you, you knew you I'm knew stuck. it was
1: a bad decision.
3: Yeah, so I was I was duped into the minivan, but I it's a stage of life, and it's not going to last forever, and my son is always like, someday, dad said someday that you're going to get another beetle, and he's like, I'm so excited to ride in your beetle bug.
1: Oh, oh I forgot God. you had a
3: bug. Yeah. so That was th- like
1: single Sarah. Yeah. Single, sexy, in your bug. Yeah. yeah. So maybe
3: someday, or maybe I'll get something else. Do I'm you ever, like, see it. a bug drive by, and you're like nostalgic.
1: I know we have a very strong minivan supporter in the room.
2: Oh, I love my minivan. This is Emily. Um, I was also duped into getting me a minivan at first because I didn't want to get one. We only had one kid at the time. Aubrey was five weeks old. And (laughs) Kyle, although he is very stingy about buying clothes, cars he buys on a whim sometimes. And so I was Just waking up on a Saturday morning, he comes in my bedroom and I'm nursing Aubrey. He goes, I think I'm going to go look at a minivan today. And I just look at him, what? And he went
1: full dad mode.
2: Literally, he goes, I think I'm going to go look at some minivans today. And I go, you can't go by yourself because I know you. You're going to buy one.
1: He goes, no, I'm just going to go look.
2: And um, seven hours later, very hangry Emily and Aubrey, we walked out with our minivan that I picked out.
1: All right, but grown to love
2: it. I love it. I love it. Um, what do you love about it? Um, the sliding doors are magical. The only advice I have is if you are postpartum, anytime after having a child, <laughs> don't jump out of the back of the minivan and you could break your leg and tear your like I did um, from like the actual trunk. But, Sold. But the minivan is actually, I drive the Civic. Right? We also have a Honda Civic and we can fit three kids across the back of it and the minivan is so much easier to get them in. And, yes, it's tight, but the sliding doors are magical. Because if you have another car we you have to open
3: up and it's still tight quarters, we, I hate it. I feel like I'm digging another car. So, I don't know which model you have, but ours would be in the middle row. You take out the middle seat, and then your your seats can slide side to side. Yeah, we, we don't like, have that fancy one. We have that one, but <laughs> my advice would be don't go full on. Like, the top model, you have, like, the actual screens in there. Yeah. It's so expensive, and we just bought an iPad, and there's like a bracket thing that we bought that holds the iPad if we are going on a really long trip. Um, It's just not worth that extra. And then,
2: hot tip. Great tip. I also, we have the two captain seats in the middle. So, since we only have three kids, we have one kid in the front, because they're all still in their um, five-point harness seat, because we're the mean parents, and I said, you can't be in a booster yet, even though you're six. And so, we actually put the one captain seat down. So then it's kind of like a pickup truck at first. We have that whole space. So that's like oh. my walking area. And we go on road trips. That's where I like sit in the front and then jump in the back to give them their things. Smart. Clever. So there's,
1: that's why minivans are the best. You are dropping so much mom knowledge.
0: I, Killian, would you drive a minivan? What's so funny is, Sarah may not know this, but before Mark, so my husband, Nick, and Mark... uh. We're in cahoots to convince Sarah to buy this minivan. <laughs> I don't so doubt it. I'm why did Nick it. want Sarah to buy a minivan? Because Nick wants one, and he thought if Sarah gets one, I'm gonna get one. Oh. so he we had and matching, Mark, we had matching Subarus. We have matching Subarus, right? Huh. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of other things, you know, but like, so Nick was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna like." They they knew in the background that like anything Mark said, great and positive about the van. When we went out one night, Nick was like, yeah, that's amazing. And was just like laying it on. Because if if Sarah and Mark get a minivan, Killian and Nick will get a minivan. Um, You know what's amazing? I've been telling Nick for years, we don't need it. And we went on a road trip this summer to Colorado from Minnesota with two kids. A three and a half month old and a not even yet three year old. And that's a 15 hour drive to my folks house and then back. If you're doing it continuously, at the end of it, and it goes, I don't know if we need a minivan anymore. And I was like, Killian wins. You win again. I
1: win. But um, I'm not
0: against it. But I personally don't want to drive it.
1: What's the same that that we're going with?
0: Uh, uh, Not for me. Good for you. Not Not for me. Good good for for you. you. I just I think it's too wide for me. I think there's a lot of pros to it, but I just don't want to drive it because I like the compact nature of my Forester.
3: Love
1: it. you gotta weigh in on this.
4: Um, I am not a huge car person. I'm kind of like, can it get me to point A to point B? But I will say that I'm kind of over having a small car with a car seat, so I might be open to it.
1: Okay. Alright. Love that. So what about you, Kelsey? You didn't weigh in. Um, jury's out. I don't know. I don't know. I There's pros. There's cons. I think about what I would look like in it? <laughs> I we don't know. Minivan moms
0: are so cool. I judge them when I
1: see that soccer mom rolling on by. Oof. Killian,
0: pick a number. Eleven.
1: Eleven is called family fun. What are your favorite family day or nighttime activities?
0: I'm gonna do my pass. <gasps> what? Who are you giving it to? Wow. Oh. Empo.
2: Oh my gosh, this is so cool because we just started this new tradition in my family. Um, We are now having date nights with our children. And so this week, for example, Kyle took our oldest, Aubrey. Um, They went to get special frozen yogurt ice or frozen yogurt. They went to the Mall of America, did a few rides, and went out to dinner to her favorite restaurant, I believe. And then I took the other two girls. And so we say you have to be five to go on the one-on-one dates. Sorry, Haley. Um, so then next week, he's actually going to take Brenna, and I'm going to take Aubrey and Haley, and then the following week, I'll also take Aubrey. So it's like, they go on two dates that a That is
1: adorable!
2: Um, and we just pick a random night, and we do things that they really like to do. So, I'm really excited about it. Um, I'm excited for week three and four when I only have one child, because Haley's a handful, because I took her out to a restaurant, and that was not the best idea. But we made it
3: work, and she thought it was so fun!
2: Did you hear that from somewhere? Or did you make it up? This the date night. We, I don't think we just decided that our kids, since there's three of them, I feel like they don't get enough one-on-one time. They used to get a lot more, and so it's something where they feel extra special. Haley is amazing. She's only three. She just turned three. That like what, this month. Yeah, this month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so July <laughs> one. Like, <I> <laughs> so she's just excited about life. Like if you yeah. hear Haley talk, she's just like, yay! So she doesn't need to go on one-on-one. Day. but it's just really fun and you get to see a different side of them that you don't see all the time.
1: I love that. Killian that was a great pass.
0: Actually like when I need ideas I call Emily so I just thought that was the question for her.
1: That's perfect. Yeah. Now you have forfeited
0: your question. Mm-hmm. Anne Marie. Two.
1: Number two is called Sorry. a-hole kid. <laughs> 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 Tell me about a time your kid was a complete a-hole
4: every single night at dinner dinner is when he really shines he i don't know if he's just exhausted from the day and we're not giving him food he wants but it is like a lot of screaming some food throwing and uh yeah he's just not always a happy camper so he can really Really show us two colors at dinner time.
1: Little a hole.
4: Duty solves? Not mm-hmm. yet! Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like offering different foods, but then we go back and forth between like, we don't want to have that kid who just gets to eat whatever they want every mm-hmm. single dinner time. We want him to eat what we're eating, but at the same time, when he's throwing what we're eating at you. Do you cave? I don't know. Advice would Some, be great.
3: Something that's worked for us, when kids are being rowdy at dinner, so we have like a kitchen island and we have three little stools and so Calvin and Lydia are on the stools and then the babies in the high chair, but um, so when either Calvin or Lydia will act up, we actually just pull their stool away from the island and tell them that they're uninvited and they have to sit in their chair until they calm down and are willing to acknowledge whatever it is that they were doing, so throwing food or whatever, and say that they're sorry. And then we will pull their stool back up to the table, and they'll eat again. You extend the invitation again. Yep. Interesting. I love that. And it works? It works pretty well. And even Nora, if she's, like, really cranking up and screaming, which lately she's been screaming a lot, I think it's just she's working on her words. But So if she's screaming, um, we'll even, like, turn her high chair around so it's not facing everybody. And tell her that she's uninvited and that she needs to calm down. And then she's usually, like, looking over her shoulder at us like, what is happening? (laughs) Like, probably more confusion than anything. But it throws them off their game for a minute. And they want to be a part of the family, really. Like, at the end of the day, that's what mealtime is supposed to be about. Not necessarily the food that you're eating, but just that you're all together doing one thing together. And I think that they recognize it. And so if if they're uninvited, they want to get back. And then when you bring them back in, you know, they're happy and excited to be there. Seems, at this point, that that's worked so far, but...
1: You're helping them self-regulate. I have yeah. a follow-up. Try it out.
3: Try it out and see if it works. I that's have a follow-up up question.
1: Are your
2: older two strapped in, or are they just sitting on their bottoms? Sitting on their bottoms. And they have, the like, the actual willpower to stay in their seat? Because that's a problem at my house, too.
3: They do, so far. Yeah, yeah. because, so, we also limit, like... Mealtime doesn't last forever, and if you don't eat your food, oh. and then when mealtime is done, food is going away. And so if you have not eaten your food and you've chosen to get up and do whatever else, your food is gone. Um, So we're kind of regimented on that just because, like, they're not small children. <laughs> like, they're not going to wither away, at least Calvin. Girls are smaller, but, like, they'll make it. Um, So, yeah, we just limit – we just say, like, mealtime is – you know, and, you know, a reasonable time. And then if you're not here and not eating, it goes away. It's helpful.
0: For me, now Millie's older, right? But when she was a younger age, sometimes we would pretend to eat, not in the real way that this animal eats, but it was like, how would a kitty cat eat? And we do funny, <laughs> like, how would, you know, if you read the the um brown bear, brown bear, or polar bear, polar bear, and we're like, I bet, you know, this animal eats like a bellowing walrus eats a big bite of carrots. (laughs) You know? And we do it, and she goes, I want to be a bellowing walrus. And so we do silly voices and in a manner that, like, a big bite would be for this animal. A teeny bite would be for this animal. So it gets her engaged in it as a fun activity. Nick always says I'm the goofy parent, but I'm also the more stern parent, so I average out to be, like, an in-between parent while he's very even-killed, but... There's a very
1: popular Instagram account, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to forget it right now, I think it's feeding littles or something along those lines, but Mm -hmm. that that is what they say to do, Mm -hmm. is that kind of, like, role-play
0: situation, yeah, so... And Millie gets into it. She'd be like, ooh, this is silly, and instead of being, like, a little S-H-I-T, she's actually kind of fun, and then I actually like her, instead of think, I want you to go to bed tonight.
1: Um, The question was a-hole, not (laughs) (laughs) S-H-I-T. Whoops. (laughs) Whoops. Okay, we've again rounded the corner. Maybe one last round. This might be the last circle. Emily, what is your number?
2: Let's go with number
1: nine. (gasps) Number nine is called mom guilt. Why does this exist? What makes you feel guilty probably everything like everyone here um, <laughs>
2: you feel to. guilt like right now I'm having this amazing girls night with you guys and my kids are camping on an island on the St. Croix which is amazing and I'm actually really happy I'm not there but at the same time I feel bad I'm not there because they're having these memories without me um but mom guilt I think it exists because of social media first of all kind of because you see everyone's the best of everyone. They don't show you, yes, or counter it's like, you show your highlights, you know, you're mm-hmm. not going to be like, here's my high and here's my low. Well, some people do that now, but it's not as common. And so you want to compare yourself to other parents and you always want to be the best you you can be. And mm-hmm. you can't control how your kids are acting. So you might have these elaborate plans to do something and you spend so long planning it and then your kids are little shitses and say, we're not doing that. And then you had this vision terrible mother I'm doing it all wrong and I think too now in this world the 21st century a lot of we have a lot of working moms and so you are doing a balancing act and it's impossible to feel successful in everything that we've done everyone knows that so as a teacher I have teacher guilt and I have mom guilt but I think I'm actually a better teacher because I'm a mom but I'm not doing as much stuff as a teacher that I could be because I have to get home to my children so you just need to like think of the bright side. Like, yes, you might like I might have been a better teacher my first year, but now I have so much more experience because I know how to work with children more. So
0: you but didn't you, have it. You also assume too as a teacher because you're a mom. You're probably able to recognize things in children more now that you don't even realize. Since it's, it's like instinctly in no,
2: you. No, totally. I think I'm a better teacher because I'm a mom because I work, yeah. I teach kindergarten, so I work with the little ones. Yeah. So, but I think it's just you can't not if you don't have mom guilt. I feel like there's something wrong with you. But if you don't have, like, Whoa, that's the oh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, because, like, you always, everyone has it. I feel like it's so commonplace, so. I if you don't guy. have mom guilt, like, I'm so, teach me your ways. <laughs> yeah. I feel like every single mother
1: has it. I agree. I agree. Every, every mom I talk to has it in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Anyone else want to weigh in on this
3: one? I saw something on social media the other day that was, like, basically, like, it's very uncommon to hear a man say like, my house is a mess. I must be a bad dad.
2: Yes.
3: I think you posted that. I saw it in your story. Yeah. I was like, that that's true. I don't, I, it's part of the upbringing, maybe part of just cultural norms of this. Like, why is the house on us? Why is the, like all of the parenting, you know, I, it's a lot of what we assume for ourselves probably and how we measure ourselves and just the high standards that we set. But it's, it's not equal across genders, I don't think, in most cases. Um, so maybe it's just a perspective shift.
2: And I think, too, as a mom, like, if your kid is acting out, you take it as something you did wrong, so that's also your guilt. You're like, what didn't I not do to make my child do this? Sometimes, like, if they do something, I can't think of an example, but... Oh, I can think of a thousand examples, but <laughs> <laughs> like when something doesn't go how it's and you expect it, and it's like your kids are acting out, and you're just like, oh my gosh. And you think it's a representation of you. So that's another form of guilt.
0: Well, I also just think, too, as like a mom, and this is Killian, um, I think as a mom, like with, with what Sarah had posted on her Instagram, that dads don't have that full vision and logistics knowledge, it's like 10 steps ahead. And, and this is where, like, women need to have a seat at the table at work and where men think that th- this is where, like, certain inequalities happen. Women see 10 steps ahead. They know how to think way more further in the future than I think men do about people, about relationships, about logistics and timing and everything. We think of the full picture versus men think very, you know, one-dimensional, very siloed. If my husband was home alone with our children all day – he would have done an excellent job of taking care of the children and would have done everything and even in the moment and everything great, but the house would be in shambles. By the time he would get home on the opposite side, the house would probably be pretty gosh darn clean and 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 at least some level of cleansiness for me, right? Like I, I, I can multitask and do all these other things because I see the big picture about what it's going to feel like at the end of the day if I have to do all these extra things in addition to just getting rid of my children to bed. Not getting rid of my children, but, you know, (laughs) putting them to bed. (laughs) Getting rid of them in my moments around me, in my sphere. But so it's – I think it's different, too, on the perspective of things because we know what the next step is. Okay, I'm dead tired, and now I have to clean up stuff. I don't want to do it after the fact. I want to do it during so that I get some measure of me time afterward, I guess. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would agree with all of that. I was actually talking to someone this week and I, pre-COVID, I traveled, not a lot, but I traveled for my job. And this person asked me how I feel about traveling for work with a two-year-old. And I thought, but I didn't say, and I kind of wish I would have, would you ask a man that?
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Because I don't think someone would ask a man that. No. No. And so it's almost like this this extra, like, pressure that women have to worry about their kids all the time in addition to everything else that they're doing in life.
0: There's, there's a lot of inequity with that. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah.
1: Okay, whose question was that? That was a good one. That was Sarah's, Sarah's question? No, that was yours. That was Emily's question. Oh, yeah, that oh, was. Goodness. Sarah, you're
3: up. Okay, number four.
1: Four is called no-no's. What is the one thing you aren't supposed to do as a parent
3: that you did? I think I'll pass to Henry.
4: The one thing that I would do... Okay, so Cooper, when he was born, he was not good at sleeping on his back. He was awful about sleeping on his back. And so I would literally like, stay up super late and, like, hold on to him and, like, hold him versus just putting him in a swing. And then a couple of times I found myself, like, drifting off to sleep and it was just, like, this has got to be way more dangerous than just putting him in a swing. So I feel like sleep-wise it took him a while to get comfortable sleeping on his back, but I was probably not handling that situation the best way. Like, I think it would have been safer. And we wouldn't even have the swing on. It was just, like, having, like, a little bit of, like, sides for him where he, like, felt, like, almost, like, cuddled in. Mm -hmm. Like, in my mind, looking back, like, that had to have been safer than, like, me trying to, like, hold him all night. And then, like, drifting off to sleep. And who knows what would happened, so.
1: Yeah, sleep is so tricky. That was my no-no. Hindsight. Good one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. Killian, you are up. What is your number? Thirteen. Thirteen is called expecting parents. What is the one gadget you would tell an expecting parent to splurge on, and
0: why? <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Um, this is this is the perfect question for me because I have a four-month-old. And I have a three-year-old, and I know what works and what does not work. Um, <laughs> you know, I would say don't get the Mama Roo. That is the biggest waste of money in the whole wide world. My kids hated it, and it's supposed to be the best thing under the planet. Um, I would get a yoga ball, and I would sit on that yoga ball, and I would bounce that baby and that yoga ball cost twenty five dollars. So let me tell you, the accountant in the room is going to say ROI, baby, return on investment. <laughs> <laughs> I bought five yoga balls with my first, until it was the perfect bounce. <laughs> One
1: hundred twenty five dollars. Uh,
0: but I'm telling you, yeah, like everyone knows in this in this room. I thought Millie was an easygoing baby, and everyone later on was like, Killian. We didn't have the heart to tell you she was high maintenance as can be. Now I have a second child. And I'm like, wow, they were right. My second baby is amazing. <laughs> but that that yoga ball, my my uh, firstborn, I had to bounce for two hours to finally get her to stop crying. But it's the only thing that would stop her cry. My second, five minutes.
1: Wowza.
0: I'm telling you, yoga balls are it. And I'm and people in my mama group that I signed up for all were like, the yoga ball made a difference for them when they bought one. They were like $25 well spent. So I'm going to say that's the gadget. But also, the stupid sanitizing gadgets and everything that people buy and spend oodles of money on, waste of time. Second time now that I'm in this realm, don't sanitize the stupid bottles, just put it in the Dishwasher from the beginning, your life will be better. Do not buy any of those extra gadgets that cost money. It's a waste of money, and you're gonna be like, "No, I'm gonna be the perfect parent. I'm gonna do this." By month four, you're not gonna do it anymore. By month ten or whatever, you're gonna say, "How much time did I waste on this?"
2: But I- unless that makes you feel good, do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I never sanitized.
2: No, I didn't. But there are a lot of never.
0: people who
1: have, like might be like germaphobes so. If that, that makes you
0: feel good post-COVID, <laughs> I respect it. Or but we're still also, in COVID. a
1: lot of dishwashers, especially if they're anywhere within the last couple of years, will have a sanitized function. Yes. Go for the it. On dishwasher. Yeah. So, for, I didn't realize that, and so I would agree with what you're saying, Killian, because I also got a, I don't know what you even call it, the sanitizer thing. Yeah. And really? there was no reason to use it because... Your dishwasher, my dishwasher, did literally the same thing.
0: And and I still sanitize, like, certain pump parts because if they go in the dishwasher and they can crack, then you have to buy those pump parts again. So I hand sanitize those, but the bottles, no way. Yeah,
2: pumps can't go in the dishwasher. Yeah,
0: yeah. Pump parts can't go in the dishwasher. They'll crack and then you'll have to spend another $25 to get it. Don't do that. Like, hand sanitize the stuff that's expensive, but the bottles, they'll be fine. If they break, who cares?
1: Last question because things are getting a little wild in I'm just here. It's gonna
0: go three.
1: No, three. Okay, this is <laughs> would you rather have a guaranteed uninterrupted eight hours of sleep every night or a weekly maid?
4: This is a really hard question because I'm very blessed to have a good sleeper. So I feel like sleep is under control at our house, and I don't think I'd want to give that up, but a maid sounds real nice.
2: <laughs> Are you talking like a house cleaner who comes in once
4: a day? or like No, one, once, once a week, week. A
1: house cleaner who like, comes in once a week. There's a whole house.
4: whole house once a week. So if I pick the house cleaner, does that mean my good sleeper turns into a bad sleeper?
1: I mean, this is all personal. So the fact that you have a good sleeper, obviously you're going to pick the maid, right? Yeah. That's great.
0: It's fabulous. I win. You win. Excellent.
1: Anyone disagree with that?
0: Me. I, I, like, I, you never know if your kid's going to remain a good sleeper. That's true. true. So I would want the guaranteed good sleep. You can still function in life with with, like, a dirty household. Yeah. But functioning with sleep is darn important.
3: I was a really fussy housekeeper. Like, I'm the kind of person who, like, moves all the furniture when I clean.
0: I was her roommate.
3: Like I it wiped. was hard being her roommate. Yeah. I <laughs> Killian hated it. Yeah. Like I wiped I love the you. baseboards. Like this is legit. Like deep cleaning. Um, and when I had kids I just had to come around to the realization that only one floor of my house was gonna be clean at a time. Yeah, I can that's great. Not keep my whole house clean. Like it just is what it is. And so like to me it's it's worth it to have the time with your kids rather yeah. than spending the hours cleaning. If it doesn't.
1: Great. Emily, what's your opinion? I mean, I
2: do want a cleaner because I'm really lazy and my house gets disgusting. with hardwood floors everywhere. But um, what Sarah was just saying, my sister Liz and I talk about this all the time, that she has some friends where you walk in their house and it's stunning. But she's like, my house is never going to be clean because we live in a house and my kids are in it all the time and we're playing. And I'd rather have them be happy and playing than have a clean house. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... I think having – I did get to have a house cleaner come in twice this summer because my in-laws own a business, and it was a great – cleaning business. A cleaning business, yes. yes. They came in, and they cleaned just, like, one section of my house, and it was great for that, like, hour, and then we spilled literally milk all over the floor. They spent, like, three hours cleaning. <laughs> so, to each their own. That's my answer. Love that.
1: Mine is absolutely sleep, and I have a good sleeper. He sleeps great. He sleeps through the night. But he wakes up early and my husband and I put him down and that is my time. That is me my husband's time. And so I stay up later than I should knowing that I need eight hours of sleep to function. I need eight hours of sleep. And so when my husband and I stay up, kid gets up really early. I just don't get enough sleep. And to me, I am a completely different person when I have enough sleep. And when I don't, you're the best sleeper out of all of
0: us. And uh, and I used to be so much better at it. Oh, you took the best naps in college. Mm. My goodness. Love me a good nap. Yeah. Very important. I was jealous of your napping skills. Very important. Yeah.
1: Ladies, final thoughts. Anyone have anything that they feel fire burning in their soul that they need to share? Um,
0: I guess... Not surprised Killian is speaking up. Nope. I am a, I'm a chatty Kathy, But I would say, um, something I've learned in life is, and I think this is going to be a great way possibly to end this podcast, is that you need to find your circle of friends who build you up, who listen to you when you're down, and who are going to just fill your cup of joy and just make you feel whole, you know, and- if you don't have the right friends in the world to do that, and these ladies in this room right now are those people for me, and I'm very thankful for them, that you need to find those people because momming is hard, being a wife is hard, life is hard, so you need to have those people that make you feel whole. So, find those people.
4: Are we all crying. Oh, okay,
0: <laughs> Killian. I'm crying? on hormones. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah, four months out, like, you're on a, a lot of baby hormones right now
1: that was adorable and I I appreciate you all letting me trick you into a podcast it has been a good one I do feel like this is going to be very well received I think people are going to like the variety of it so thank you Emily and Sarah and Killian and Anne-Marie for a fabulous episode and to all of the listeners thank you for joining as well I invite you to tune in next week for another insightful